transmitting from the Mojave Wilderness in Joshua Tree, California. Now is the time for Desert Oracle Radio, the voice of the desert. Night has fallen on the desert and a lot of people are talking about UFOs again. Have you noticed? When the world's in trouble, when the news is bad, when society is on edge, well then you know there will be UFOs in the news. It's just the way it goes. I haven't paid much attention to this latest little thing, the Pentagon again releasing these weird little grainy cockpit videos, which have already been released, supposedly by the Pentagon the first time, two years ago. It's all been dragging on for several years now with the usual goofball factor Nothing really to be done about it. But because we tend to see narratives within the frameworks we already carry around in our minds, lots of people hear the Navy doesn't know what these things are, and it translates to here comes the Spacey T fellas and their flying machines. And no such thing has been said. And it's not even news as these tales of what happened way back in 2004 off the coast of San Diego have been bouncing around for more than a decade now. I first saw it going around internet message boards back then. Uh, Another interesting story from military pilots. I don't doubt... They saw strange things in the sky. Lots of pilots see that sort of stuff. Not every day, of course. We get a drink or two and a pilot when they're off duty, of course, and you'll hear this kind of thing. If not their own personal experience, something shared. Something shared by someone they trust. Maybe a co-pilot, somebody in their flight group. It's how the movie Close Encounters of the Third Kind starts, if you'll recall. Control Tower. Air traffic is getting questions from commercial pilots about weird, brightly lit, strangely performing wonders in the sky. And then it's on radar, too. And everybody is kind of freaked out, but at the end, the pilots say, no, they don't want to file a report. Who wants that kind of hassle? You want to lose your job, end up harassed by UFO fanatics for the rest of your life? No, thanks. Makes no difference if you're reported or not. It's like seeing a ghost. Who are you gonna call? Nobody. That's who. There's nothing to be done about it. Weird things happen. Such is our world. <laughs> 
such as the human experience. Weird things have always happened to some of us, a lot of us. I bet weird things have happened to you. But we are in a goofy time, a sort of low IQ time, if you know what I mean. And I don't just mean the dummies, I mean everybody. We've got more physicists than ever, but none of them are geniuses, you know? Maybe Hawking was the last of that scene. The all-around brilliant mind. The public genius. Not many jobs in this dumb world require brilliance. You need a master's degree to get an hourly job without benefits. So we pump out the academic credentials like a sewage plant. All for naught. Who cares? You have a PhD? Great. So does everybody you know, if that's your social circle. Now you're all sitting around in your apartments or tract homes waiting for eviction or foreclosure while the plumbers are raking it in, cruising around town, hanging out with their comrades. I've had some plumbers and roofers at the desert compound all last week spending my coronavirus stimulus on the local economy trying to get this weird old place sort of semi-functional. Hanging out with the plumbers. Hearing stories about Airbnbs, about greedy people up in Oakland with scores of vacation rentals. They bought up all the cheap rental housing that used to be for the people who lived here. Made it all cute, you know? Polished concrete floor, little fairy lights outside, desert oracles on the coffee table, 300 a night. Now all these out-of-towners are unhappily facing the day of reckoning, like we all are. And one way or another. Anyway, I'd rather be a plumber than have a PhD with a $200,000 lifelong student loan attached to it. Not too smart, that latter course. Make sure and put doctor in your Twitter bio, dummy. The time of the dum-dum. Look at the celebrities attached to the current UFO news cycle, small as it is. All right, there aren't any. There aren't any beyond this mook from San Diego who apparently fronted a briefly popular adolescent pop combo 20 years ago. Or a century ago in pop music time. An oldies act. I love good pop music like anybody does, and I also know when to turn off the radio because the dial has come to rest on the dumb corporate garbage setting. It's a cycle. It happens. It happens in everything. 
books and movies and video games and architecture and fashion and theology, the long, dull product phases between the flashes of innovation and genius and inspiration. You get like a dozen years of top 40 that sounds like deodorant commercials. Summer's Eve, like ads for herpes treatments, feeling seven up, I'm feeling seven up, and then all of a sudden you get a Billie Eilish or a Madonna or a Beatles or whatever, a Nirvana, a Beastie Boys, an LL Cool J, and for a little while, the radio's good again for a spell. That's what it is when it works. It's a spell. You don't know when it's coming. Now let me tell you the kind of celebrity we had on the UFO cultural train in decades past. Let's take the 1970s, a time we know when things were especially weird. When John Lennon saw a UFO flying low and silent right over the East River, towards the UN building. Over here, up there, I saw a UFO, and it went down the river, turned right at the United Nations, (laughs) turned left, and then down the river. It wasn't a helicopter, it wasn't a balloon, and it was so near. Then you look what sort of uh, round, white, reminiscent, and silent. uh, silent and it looked dark like black or gray in the middle and had white lights just looked like light bulbs you know just going off on off on off on blink 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 around the bottom and on top was a red light john lennon was in the zone he was on alert A guy who left the biggest entertainment act in the world, the first global phenomenon in popular culture, and said, well, I think I'll work on world peace. That's the life of the prophet. It's never easy. Two presidents who served back-to-back beginning in January 1977 were public and honest about their own UFO encounters. Ronald Reagan and his flight crew and his aides all saw the bizarre, big, glowing something that paced his private plane along the Sierra Nevada foothills as they flew over Bakersfield, and then it shot off like a bullet, disappearing into the upper atmosphere. Or, to quote the Gipper, straight up into the heavens, 1974. Jimmy Carter had his experience a year earlier, 1973, the year of the insane UFO flap over the American South. And like Reagan, he had other witnesses. Uh, About a dozen people were standing around outside the Lions Club in small-town Georgia, socializing when they saw it. Carter, a Navy veteran who worked in the nuclear submarine program, described his UFO as very bright with changing colors 
and about the size of the moon. The object hovered about 30 degrees above the horizon and moved in toward the Earth and away before disappearing into the distance, end quote. The size of the moon. Go take a look outside at our waning full moon. Imagine something that big zooming around you before the old shooting star disappearing trick. David Bowie had communications and ridiculous sightings, sightings that were also witnessed by people who were not on Crowley cocaine benders. This was during the same great UFO flap of 1973. Might have been the most witnessed in history. Spread out across the country and around the world, a wild time. The Oscar-winning actress Shirley MacLaine had her flying saucer experiences too, and like so many people affected by the 73 flap, her experiences would eventually involve pretty much every nutty thing, ESP, telekinesis, enlightenment, demonology, magic, visions. All this while the Stanford Research Institute ARPANET and remote viewing and Yuri Geller business was happening with societal stresses expressed as plasma blobs of light and energy and archetypal forms. It really had it all. It had everything except physical spacecraft from other worlds or dimensions or etc. The only difference between the great wave of visions of the mid-20th to early 21st centuries and the visions of the past is that we began spaceflight ourselves. And we created the templates for both human spaceflight and alien encounters in the science fiction that began with Wells in the late 19th century and really ramped up by the 1950s at the height of the Cold War on the dawn of the space race. The sky battles that baffled the Roman legions would, by the early 80s, over Hudson Valley, or 1997 over Phoenix, become spaceships. Remember that Constantine saw an X-shaped fiery UFO and decided, or it was decided by a later Christian apologist, that it was a cross of Jesus. And so a UFO is credited as being the direct cause of Christianity becoming the official and only religion of the Roman Empire. These experiences were and are real. And I believe the flaps correspond to and or predict societal stresses and great changes. I am not an original thinker here. The theory is Jung's. 
So the mystery drone panic that covered the American heartland and the Great Plains beginning in mid-December of 2019 and coming to a tremendous 1,000-mile-wide peak frenzy of sightings across seven states in mid-January 2020, well, what did that herald? Where are we now? What was coming? None of this is to suggest that intel, military, political, and aerospace actors are not involved in various ways from outright psychological warfare hoaxes to plain old huckster attempts to cash in to various black budget but very physics bound boondoggles from skunk works in their ilk. The true mysterious phenomena usually predict or coincide with physical technology, such as the mystery airships of incredible speed and power, electric lighting and dexterity, coming just as mankind's own clumsy efforts at airships were getting off the ground in the late 1800s. Or the black triangles which filled the desert skies before and during the development of our own high-altitude spy bomb jets that otherwise share no characteristics with the silent, hovering, low-altitude, EMF-blasting plasma shapes that bedevil highway travelers with spotlights that spray a psychic mess of visions and ideas into the heads of the willing and terror into the heads of the unwilling. We are in a similar time. The Tic Tac events heralded something, but they happened so long ago that what they herald is mostly past tense to our current situation. I think it was a manifestation of the decline of America as superpower as felt so keenly by U.S. military personnel after the awful failures of Afghanistan and Iraq. This was a deep, psychic wound. Especially painful because 911 had created a sense of triumphant patriotism in those who joined the services during that era. Remember when George W. Bush stood before his mission accomplished banner a few months before Iraq collapsed into anarchy? And Russia made its decisive moves in the Mideast? It was on an aircraft carrier off the coast of San Diego, home of Miramar Naval Air Station's Top Gun Cowboys. These same hotshots who would be utterly shamed and baffled by inexplicable phenomena in these very same waters in this very same blue sky off San Diego as the disastrous and horrific battles of Mosul and Fallujah were fought in November 2004, a few months after George W.'s mission-accomplished television show from the deck of the USS Abraham Lincoln. That's when the Tic Tac UFO bedeviled the Top Gun pilots flying maneuvers off the San Diego coast. November 2004, when we lost Iraq, when we lost the Mideast, when we became a client state of Saudi Arabia, second fiddle to petro-criminal states like Russia, absolute psychic 
devastation. The ships involved in those incidents, the USS Abraham Lincoln and the USS Nimitz, traveled to San Diego from their headquarters in Everett, Washington. The Abraham Lincoln is one of ten Nimitz-class nuclear supercarriers, the Nimitz itself at the top of that heap. The fire that did not burn, to quote Moses is still with us, but now we insist on calling it a spaceship, calling them spaceships because of our vanity, our self-importance. We have recently tacked together some spaceships, therefore everything strange in the sky must be somebody else's spaceships. That's called projection. We refuse to see the meaning in these events because we insist upon a science fiction theology spoon-fed to us from childhood by the likes of Disney. We are the dum-dums. Soundscapes by Red, Blue, Black, Silver. You ever been to Farmington? Farmington, New Mexico? It's up in the northwest corner, just east of Shiprock. Shiprock, which used to be on the old Route 66, they changed it to Highway 491 a couple of decades ago during the Satanic Panic. Well, that's a haunted land out there. Change the number, but the phone keeps ringing. In March of 1950, Farmington was the site of three days of mass UFO sightings. Half the town saw them in broad daylight since the creation of the Roswell mythology, starting in the late 1970s. When people hear UFO in New Mexico, they think Roswell. 1947, but there's a much bigger event in the lore, and it's lore you probably haven't heard unless you're from Farmington. The banner headline on the front page of the Santa Fe New Mexican, March 17, 1950, says, Farmington invaded by Saucer Squadron. Over in Las Vegas, the real Las Vegas, on the Santa Fe Trail in New Mexico, the Daily Optic newspaper of March 18 led with Spaceships Cause Sensation. In both headlines, the implication that the sightings involved some sort of alien visitors was handled with quotation marks. Invaded was in quote marks. Spaceships was in quotation marks. Because while the events were real, the idea that intergalactic pilots were buzzing small desert towns was just that, an idea. 
An idea from the comic books, from the pulp magazines, from War of the Worlds, from Superman. Superman was a space alien. That was a story, a science fiction story. Landed in small town America, dumped by his alien parents because they thought it was wrong to bring children into the world. Into a world like theirs. Although that didn't stop them from having children, people are weird. The space people we invent for comic books, they're especially weird. They're as weird as we are. Farmington's Daily Times had the most coverage, being the local paper. Huge Saucer Armada Jolts Farmington. They put saucer in quotes. Being careful. Everybody called these visions in the sky flying saucers due to a copy editing glitch in Kenneth Arnold's earth-shaking UFO story from 1947. He described the things as skipping through the sky like saucers or stones skipped on a pond. The actual craft were boomerang-shaped. A bunch of them flying in formation at speeds that were beyond what any aircraft of the time could reach. And the way they moved, that was the part that was so unsettling. They skipped across the sky. Now they're here, now they're over there, now they're gone. The old trick. For three days, March 15 through March 17, the citizens of Farmington were dazzled by an ongoing sky show kids would run out of recess and spend the whole time watching the bizarre aerial maneuvers. Traffic crawled through town as people stood in the streets staring up in wild wonder. All the papers recorded sightings of hundreds of craft. Hundreds. The one photograph you can see online shows a V-shaped formation of dull metal-colored balls, kind of lumpy. They were estimated at maybe 20,000 feet in altitude. Day one, people saw dozens. Day two, hundreds filled the sky, often in bewildering geometric patterns, including a strangely spaced column that filled a quarter of the sky, a column of shifting shapes within. Silvery disc with fuzzy outlines that appeared to play tag high in the air and streaked away at incredible speeds that appeared to him to be about 10 times faster than that of jet planes. They frequently made right-angle turns, and there was no noise evidence. Silent. A larger red object appeared on the second day, hanging off to the side of town, still and quiet in the daytime sky. Mock aerial battles were witnessed with the smaller craft darting around each other, playing tag as some witnesses described the aerial ballet. The business manager of the Farmington Daily Times, Clayton Body, described the, quote, red leader in the incredible sight of the sky filling with smaller shapes. Quote, all of a sudden I noticed a few moving objects high in the sky. Moments later, there were what appeared to be about 500 of them. Virgil Riggs, an elementary school student in 1950, gave this description to UFO historian David Marler. The first day there were a few, the second day there were too many to count, and the third day there were maybe 30 or 40 of them left. On the second day, these strange dots in the sky reached from horizon to horizon in a pattern that lined up like double-six dominoes. 
from the newspaper. Whatever they were, they caused a major sensation in this community, which lies only 110 air miles northwest of the huge Los Alamos atomic installation. What was it? Good night from the Voice of the Desert. <laughs>